Welcome back to the Architecture Firm Marketing Podcast. I'm Dave Sharp, Marketing Consultant for Architects at VanityProjects.com. Before we get into this episode, I've just got a quick favor to ask. If you've been enjoying the show lately, I'd love it if you could take a couple of minutes to leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews help the podcast to grow and reach more architects, and it's really easy to leave one. Just go to ratethispodcast.com slash Dave. Choose your favorite podcast app, and it will give you a handy link to leave a review. Now back to the show. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Anna Dutton from Bauer Architecture. Bauer is an architecture practice based in Melbourne who are known for creating timeless, memorable and inspirational homes while also making the journey and client experience as exciting, rewarding and comfortable as possible. In this episode, Anna and I chatted about how Bauer has been able to figure out a crystal clear marketing message and how they use it consistently across all of their marketing how Anna's become more comfortable with marketing over time and some of the simple changes she's discovered that have led to big results, the process that Anna takes to welcome new clients on board, get them excited about the process and help them to understand the value of working with an architect. We also spoke about the unique customer personas that Bauer have developed that help them to know exactly who they're talking to in their marketing and what that audience is looking for. And finally, why Anna asks the question, how can we help people when she's developing her marketing strategy? So that's it. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Anna Dutton from Bauer Architecture. Anna, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Dave. Such a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you. Um, I think maybe we'll start off by maybe doing a little bit of a overview of, I guess, the history of Bauer and I guess like when did you guys start the studio and kind of what, what give, me, give us like the, the rundown and what like the last the uh, you know, few years have been like. Yeah, great. So, um, well, Bauer's actually been around for a while now. So, we started the business back in 2005, which is, goodness, now nearly 17 years ago, which makes me feel quite old. Um, and it was started, um, Shema, Bull, Jade Vidal and I were having dinner at Chichelina's in St Kilda. And I think we'd always sort of had a bit of a dream of starting our own business. We were very aligned on the things that we felt were important about architecture. And um, there's a lot of other alignments between the three of us. We were great friends and uh, we are great friends and um, we decided to start a business and then it just sort of all fell into place. We got our first job which was the Caulfield House on our website and we just started even before we had a name, before we had any sort of, you know, any sort of plan and um, so we just, you know, steamrolled into it not really knowing anything about running a business Um, and then we just sort of started working. Gradually, we resigned from our previous jobs. All our previous employers were just awesomely supportive of us starting our practice. And um, yeah, we just uh, kept on going and we got some more jobs and and Bauer emerged. And and Bauer, I mean, I love telling the story of why it's called Bauer. We were named after the Bauer bird, the Australian satin Bauer bird, because we just um, were all kind of ner- nature and science geeks. Um, Shema and I in particular just love a nature documentary and we were really inspired by the little bowerbird um, creating his beautiful sort of sustainable structures that he decorates and um, and they're like little love nests, aren't they? So um, we felt that that was a really nice alignment with with us and what we did. So, yeah, and so now... Yeah. yeah, no, go on, go on. Tell me more yeah, and and, and and kind of what, what, what you look like today. <laughs> 
not what we look like today. So now we're a team of eight. You know, we've certainly had a little bit of a journey in terms of creating the business. I think um, if I go a bit more into sort of evolution, if you like, we um, got to about 10 years in and we felt like we had kind of achieved a lot of the sort of very sort of basic um, things that we'd hoped to achieve at that point. And um, we didn't really know what was coming next. And that was actually when we met a business coach who was really awesome. And we started working with Ray Brown. We were his first architectural practice. Um, and that's been a bit of a game changer. And it certainly sort of, I guess, has helped us um, uh, I think when I say grow, I don't mean grow in terms of size, but I mean grow in terms of, I think, the um, maybe in terms of, you know, who we are and, and what's important to us and how we do things. So, yeah, that gives you a yeah. little bit of a nutshell. Yeah, so you mentioned earlier that when you guys first started, it was like no name, no website, like you were kind of just um – you kind of hit the ground running with a project and then you sort yeah. of transitioned into, um, uh, into you know, gradually evolving this business, right? It, did, it wasn't yeah. something where it's like, we're going to start a business, let's spend months and months and months developing branding, business plan. Like that's, I guess that's kind of a pretty common thing in architecture, right? But has it, would yeah. you generally describe that it's been more of an evolution over time as you've just sort of slowly improved things? Yeah, I think, I mean, it did evolve relatively rapidly once, once we got that job. Um, we really yeah. realised that, you know, we needed to have insurance and you need to have the business name registered and you need to be an actual architectural company. So anyone that started a business knows there's a lot of uh, things, little hoops you could have jumped through to make sure that you're ticking all the right boxes um, from that regulatory point of view. So it did happen once we got the, uh, once we got the, um, the first job. It did, it did happen pretty quickly after that. Uh, yeah, to, to start that. Uh, and yeah. yeah, that was sort of definitely a really fun part of starting a business, obviously, sort of, you know, defining who you are and what your goals are and what type of architecture, what's important to you and what type of architecture it is that you're going to go for, things like yeah. that. When, when those initial projects that you're first working on, um, well, I guess like at the time, did you feel like you had been pretty fortunate in terms of some of the early projects that you had picked up that they were already pretty good in terms of aligning with what you guys hoped to do as a practice or was there like was there ever a time where you were kind of needing to steer the ship a little bit and thinking okay we're aiming or have goals around certain types of projects or you know is that ever something that kind of came up as part of your thought process I guess in those earlier to uh, days of the practice? I think we always did have some goals now I think about it. We we were actually quite good as a as a team from the very beginning of you know sitting down almost pretty much annually and really talking about our vision for ourselves and you know what Bauer um, was about and the types of projects we were uh, projects we were interested in doing and the type of clients and you know just uh, I guess the philosophical angles, um, all of that sort of stuff was something we did talk about annually and we did usually check in. And I think just creating that vision for what you're looking for does ultimately help it maybe happen. But we were super lucky getting that first job. It's on our website still. We're still proud of it. Um, nearly 12 more, more years on. Um, and it was called, yeah, called the Caulfield House. And it was a friend of one of one of us, one of the directors, and they really gave us an opportunity, which was really awesome. So that 
set us on our way out really. We were really, um, really green. Uh, we hadn't done a lot of houses even at that point. Uh, we thought that's where we wanted to go and do houses, but we'd all come from quite big architectural practices and worked on sort of larger infrastructure types of projects in the past. So yeah, we were definitely a bit green, but we got really, you know, we got so into it. We loved working together um, and we were really fortunate. It came out well, we had a great builder and we got Shannon McGrath um, to take some photos for us when we finished and we really tapped into um, some lovely supplies that gave us lots of furniture and things like that for the photo shoot and we um, yeah and we got it out there so that was yeah I guess that does really start you on your way and we've certainly uh, since then done lots of uh, houses we love working with residential clients and that's now really our focus but we also at you know at the early stages we really tried our hand at at sort of almost anything at that point in time so there was a few other sort of mixed type of projects that we did early on also um, but it's helped those sort of doing those things and exploring different types of projects has really led us to realize what we do love which is uh, working with people and our passion is really um our passion, Shema and mine, and, and the team is really uh, using our skills sort of in architecture and, and what, we, what we know to really make other people's lives better. That's kind of a bit of our fundamental. And so yeah. um, we think we can do that really well in, in residential. So that's where we're focusing now. So Yeah, absolutely. We'll kind of talk about that sort of specialisation a little bit later on. But um, I guess coming back to that early, that project and, you know, you got the photos from Shannon and you started putting it out there. I, I guess like how did, was there a po point, was it fairly early on that you started to transition from like getting, getting work from your projects being out there from complete strangers? I mean, were you successful in doing that fairly, fairly quickly after you had started publishing and promoting that first project or did it still take a little bit of sort of hustle and schmoozing to, to sort of get those, get those clients <laughs> in the beginning? Um, yeah. or, or did they just, did they, did your project kind of catch on quite quickly, Caulfield House? I think it did catch on quite quickly. We got it widely published, which was superb. Yeah. So in, in that era, it was all print media. There really wasn't a lot on the <laughs> that internet era, at that stage. That era, 10 years ago. That era. <laughs> no, well, it was, I think it was, yeah, maybe 12, 13. I'm trying to remember how many years ago it was. But, yeah, it was yeah, quite a long time yeah. ago since we got those photos. The photos were on film. That's another, you know, example of how long yeah, ago Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, there was really no social media presence at that point in time and, yeah, it was print media that really helped us. So, um, so many lovely people in print media um, at that time and still, and really helped us get it out there. It was definitely like a slow build though. Like, you know, we really did yeah. probably, our first projects were definitely via, you know, connections that we had, friends and family and things like that. People just talking about us in our network and, and gradually yeah. getting us there. So, and I think we did have a little bit of help from even our previous employers um, who were lovely uh, and very supportive about us moving on and doing this. I think they did refer us to a few uh, sort of projects that were maybe a bit too small for them. So, yeah. you know, and, and that good, actually that good relationship, if we're talking about sort of getting started on your own when you're working somewhere else, I think that sort of real transparency with our employers, just sort of, you know, really having that heart to heart, telling them what our dreams were in terms of starting your own practice as soon as they sort of understood that that was your dream, they were, they were all really, you know, really supportive and they helped us, helped us get there. So that was um, a great part of that sort of startup story. Yeah. And, and in terms of kind of understanding what that dream was at the time, I'm, 
I mean, you you mentioned earlier that you guys did sit down and have these kind of conversations as a team around, you know, what what was your vision? What did you want to do? Um, and I, I, I know that that's still sort of something that you guys do today as well. Uh, it's been a kind of an ongoing process. Did you mention earlier that like once a year or something like that roughly, well, you yeah, said you would sit down and do that kind roughly. of reflecting mm. process? Yeah, reflecting. Yes, no, yeah. it was roughly once a year. And goodness, if I'd known we were going to tap into this, I've still got all those old notes, um, Dave. So <laughs> I could have gone right back to the beginning and sort of seen what we were about then. I think it was, you know, some of the really core fundamentals of what um, Bauer is about you know, certainly haven't changed from that very beginning. I guess we really believe in uh, creating sustainable architecture, really timeless architecture. I think uh, part of our um, vision for sustainability, you know, just part of it, but it, it is creating things that we hope, you know, in 50 years' time, in 100 years' time, things that can be still really loved and used and still look beautiful, you know, at that point in time and that don't yeah. need to be replaced, don't need to be knocked down. And we did, I think quite early on, we did rule out um, work that wasn't going to be kept for a long time. So we weren't interested really in doing retail work, even restaurants and things like that. We were sort of, mm. sort of at that time, we were sort of thinking, look, it does tend to be, you know, you get a beautiful restaurant fit out, but it only really lasts for a couple of years and then it gets thrown away. Um, we weren't really into that. So we were looking for sort of types of projects that we could... Um, that we could actually see that they would be built to last and built, you know, in a really quality way. So, Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because sometimes it's hard to figure out what that filter is for picking the right projects for your practice. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the guests that I have on the podcast will usually base it on some sort of judgment that they have about the client, maybe the way the client responds to questions and things. It's always sort of about how engaged is the client, how philosophically aligned is the client and so on. It mm. seems to quite often be on that theme, but it's not that often that I hear somebody say an actual kind of principle of the project itself in terms of it, its duration or longevity is kind of a key yes or no. Like, mm, so yeah. hypothetically, you could have a, you know, a cafe client come in who's an amazing client and they're saying all this amazing stuff about how important design is and everything and you're loving it as an architect. But you guys might have sort of gone, well, but this project is probably only going to be there for a few years. So maybe it mm. isn't, a, isn't like a great fit for us and what we're trying to do. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, you probably just have to, I mean, you're never going to know for sure, are you? But I mean, we do have, you know, still we have, you know, a bit of a process in terms of getting to know our potential clients mm. and we really love, we love getting to know them. I mean, I think it's uh, for us, the joy of what we do sort of really stems from um, those client relationships and the relationships with all of our collaborators and sort of getting to know them is really important. So we do have a bit of a process that allows us to get to know them. And I think, you know, the, the happiest relationships, like you sort of learn through your personal relationships as well as your, your business relationships, that it does work best when I guess there are some aligned values, some critical aligned values. So, you know, you do you know, you start to sort of tap into some of those um, values and beliefs once you spend a bit of time with people. And I think um, if we met, I mean, I'm, I don't think we'd rule something out if we met a fabulous cafe owner that really did want to, to <laughs> yeah. build something that they For thought would be there. For any cafe owners that are listening, <laughs> still contact us. That, yeah, that they might want something that is going to, you know, last forever. And if you think about what I was just saying, we met and had this dinner at Chicholinas. Like, Chicholinas, that place hasn't changed for at least, you know, yeah. my lifetime. <laughs> So there are places yeah. out there that don't feel the need to sort of constantly follow fashions and change. Um, but yeah. yeah, 
I think, yes, that is a bit of a philosophy of, of well, power. Whenever you say we have a process, my follow-up question is going to be, tell us about the process. So ah, is your process, process yeah. for, <laughs> I always want to get your processes because you've actually, yeah. you're quite, you know, <laughs> meticulous in terms of we actually do have a process. It's actually sort of planned out and there are steps yeah. to it kind of thing, or at least that's always been my impression when you talk, mm. tell me about the stuff that you guys have developed. So I, I guess in terms of some of the steps um, to building that good client relationship or, fi- or or building that relationship, A, but also B, learning more about the client, sort of uncovering more of those things. Is there, uh, how, how, do you, how do you approach it? What's your, what's your, what's your hot tips for, for hot tips. That, that process? Well, it's, kind of, it's been a sort of ever evolving process. And I think, you know, I feel like it's in a really good place now. So I can tell you sort of what we're, what we're doing now to sort of get to know yeah. our um, clients. So, um, and yeah, that whole, yeah, I am a bit of a, um, I do like a, a process, Dave. I'm a bit like of a, a planner process, and know. it's, you know, it's maybe a blessing and a curse. It's a good thing and a yeah. bad thing about my character, mm-hmm. but I, um, I do like to know, just like to be organized. So at the yeah. moment, like our process is, um, we've got, uh, you know, people get in touch with us and lots of people get in touch with us via our website. So, um, we can talk about that a bit more too. I think, yeah. you know, that the real, um, I guess the real driver of our sort of marketing and how we like to sort of get out there in the world is is really about helping people find us because they need help. So um, so that is, I guess, sort of at the core of how we think about our marketing. But then once they do get in touch with us, uh, we usually start off with just a, a short, a fairly short chat, like, and we do just ask sort of the fundamentals of the project. It's really just like, you know, what kind of project are you looking for? Whereabouts is it? And, you know, what are your, you know, what are your key drivers for doing this? And, you know, all of our potential clients come to us because they are experiencing some sort of life change and they, you know, they have a project that is going to assist them with that life change. So it's really just getting to the bottom of what the driver for the project is. And then we do tend to, they're often quite interested in just knowing uh, how, you know, architects charge. Often they don't know how architects generally charge. They don't know much about the process. I'd say that's um, pretty common that they've never worked with an architect before. So we talk just a little bit about about, uh, what we do and, you know, what, value we offer uh, to our clients and what the value of architecture and using an architect. And once we sort of gathered sort of those fundamentals, if it sounds like a project that we're keen to do, and and I guess some of those fundamentals are, you know, is it something you're going to be committed to long term? And is it, you know, a place for you? We like working with end users more than than sort of, uh, I guess, people that might not be uh, end Mm. users of the project. And we... um, very quickly sort of organise. If it sounds like a, a project that we can offer them value, then we, we catch up for an, a Zoom intro. So the Zoom thing of the last couple of years has actually really yeah. helped us sort of, um, I guess, make this a little bit more smooth and easygoing. There was a lot of, you know, running around town, you know, meeting lots of potential clients in the past um, face-to-face, and that was good, but it was also like a lot of, a lot of work. And so, the Zoom meeting has been a really great introduction to the process in terms of just having that face-to-face, getting to know the client a little bit more. Um, and then, you know, and then we have a, a, usually a, another meeting after that. So we, we definitely have a sort of a, sort of a, almost a three-step process uh, at the beginning. And sometimes there's even more steps after that. But the third meeting we try to do face-to-face in real life. And we often, um, at that point, we've 
sent them a proposal and we often show them a, a project example via sort of the deliverables for each stage. And we often find that potential clients really love that, um, I guess, re revealing of the journey that they're likely to take with us. So that's a bit about our process. I feel like every time we have a have a meeting, it's like you you go. I just came from a new client Zoom, or I'm just hopping off a Zoom with a client, yeah. or after this, yeah. I've got a Zoom with a new client. There was yeah. I get the I get the impression that in your week you have quite a lot of um, Zooms with potential new clients. Yeah, I spend yeah, a lot of time do. talking to them. Um, has I guess like in a way Zoom's probably and and remote has really probably enabled you to actually speak to a lot more prospective clients, hasn't it? I think that's very true. Yeah, a little bit of a, you know, silver lining of all this lockdown business in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, and so that that initial that initial meeting that you're having, I mean, that where the where kind of the outcome is really that you guys are you're kind of running a little bit of a mini crash course, right? And it's sort of this is mm -hmm. this is a little bit of the process as as well. Yeah. And that's is that like are you are you like screen sharing? Are you sort of standing up at the whiteboard and like walking through it, or what's the what have you found is a great way to kind of communicate that process? Um, is yeah. it talking about those deliverables at those stages, but even in that conversation about the value of an architect, I mean, have you found any kind of, I guess, ways that that's, you've been able to really get that message across as easily and has that, how that's developed over time? Yeah, well, that, I think that has developed over time. Definitely with our business coach, with Ray, um, mm. right from the very, very beginning, he was like, so come on, guys, tell me, you know, what is it that you bring to a project? What's the value of architecture? And we'd be like, oh, well, it's, you know, what is it? Ah, oh, value of architecture. Obviously, it's it's a great building and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but he was like, no, 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 you know, tell me more. There has to be more to this. And I think, you know, for us, I think him grilling us and sort of making us think about, you know, what value architecture gives um gives the world, I think we've really drilled down on that. So we um, we really feel that, you know, as architects for us, the two we offer sort of two things, I suppose. One is an amazing building for you to love and enjoy and to last a really long time and to um to, you know, create a beautiful life experience. And then the other thing uh, that we feel that we deliver is a really strong client service. So it's about mm. making a really smooth and enjoyable journey for our clients. And that sort of really recognises that it's often a real once in a lifetime opportunity designing your own home. And it certainly would be if, you know, I was going to do it for myself. I'd you know, love that at some stage. I hope that yeah. happens. Um, but yeah, so really honouring that and and sort of really communicating that they're, they're the reasons why you go to an architect. So um, we'll generally our clients, that's the reason why they come to us. So um, communicating that, uh, in terms of those meetings that I mentioned, though, those first meeting and second meeting, the first meeting is definitely more about them talking, really talking about their vision and how they want to live mm. and, and getting their understanding. And the, the second meeting um, that we do, if that is remote, if it's by Zoom, then we do share our screen and actually, you know, show them what we do at each of our sort of Bauer stages that we um that we deliver and and that really helps them I guess understand what the client journey looks like and that usually gets like potential clients quite excited like it's a really nice thing to do and they can start to really visualize what it is that we actually do so and you know for for most people out there they they probably don't know what architects do for them so yeah, yeah. and and when you get into that I, the 
how you sort of talk to them about the amazing special building and, and that sort of stuff is like, I think a really interesting side, but the other side on the sort of the, the journey and the experience and the service architect client relationship, I guess like that, that's sort of, you know, articulating that in a sort of succinct way is kind of a little bit tricky. What, what points do you <laughs> find are the best, you know, like really drilling down on it? What, what get, what gets, um, what res, what tends to resonate do you reckon? Is it, is it like sort of, you know, the managing other. the responsibility, making it easy for them? Like what, what sort of messages yeah. have you found, um, go down really, really well? Um, yeah, yeah. I think it, it is definitely the thing that gets, most potential clients excited at that second meeting and presenting a sample project is definitely the evolution of the project. So seeing it at the beginning, like what we do at the very first stages and really starting to, you know, to sort of get an understanding that you, you, you're coming from a point of a dream and an empty block of land or a block of land with something on it and, you know, and not much more. And then you're building, you know, adding layers of detail and, and resolution as the whole process unfolds. And by showing them an example of each of the stages deliverables um, and how the building evolves and gets more and more real and more and more, you know, um, beautiful, I suppose, more and more resolved, more and more um, uh, clearly sort of, I guess, delivering what that particular client was after, they, the potential client gets really excited because they can see how something is evolving, created, you know, that creative process. So, um, yeah, in a, in a digestible way without, um, yeah, spending too long and showing them, you know, yeah. every little bits and pieces of the, we don't go too deep into all the, you know, the, the, the sort of boring bits, the regulations and yeah, things like that. Yeah, don't go into all the, the boring bits too much. Yeah, okay. we really, yeah. yeah, hope that to show them something that they're going to get excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess actually jumping back to the kind of, uh, going back to the business side of it and the, and the sort of vision exercise and, and, and touching back on that for a sec, um, it's actually quite an art having a vision you know it's not it's not easy um totally and yeah. you know even uh yeah even uh, the, a lot of the my understanding is a lot of the business coaching process um in touching on that uh, begins in so many ways in kind of asking you hard questions about well what what is your vision for your business and and that really puts people on the spot it's like oh yeah well, i don't know i haven't really thought about yeah, it yeah got us really um, nervous at the time we were like what we don't we, yeah don't know exactly yeah, ex that's why you're here <laughs> exactly us. exactly it's like oh i thought you were supposed to tell me what my vision should be that sort of thing but it's like no no yeah. you actually have to come up with it um I think like what what are the sort of some of the main we, we did touch on a little bit earlier, but I guess what are some of the main things when you're when you're when you're thinking about what's important to think about for the future of the business? There are obviously things that are not major, major things to be including in your vision plan, right? But there are other things that are kind of fundamental, really important. And there's probably these like recurring themes that have come up. But I guess to give to give other um, architects maybe a sense of what sort of areas of vision visioning should they be thinking about? Um, yeah, yeah, what, what are some things that have been, you know, valuable or meaningful for you guys? Yeah, so I haven't got it in front of me, but like our current sort of, um, we have your really agenda refined items. It. Yeah, <laughs> we we really <laughs> refined it. I, I think you know what is important to us um, for that vision um, long, you know, over the over a period of time. So. Uh, now we've got a few headings that we look at. So we look at, you know, team, like what is our team yeah. vision? Um, because we, you know, the team is really super important to us and, and making sure that's a great and happy, you know, 
loving team. Uh, so team vision. And then we talk about sort of uh, clients and projects vision and uh premises where we're going to work from uh, there's a financial vision which is you know is important um, there's professional development like how we're all going to continue to grow there's a sustainability vision um, there's obviously like a, a sort of a brand and and marketing type of vision I'm trying mm. to remember if I've forgotten anything but yeah it's those are sort of some of the headings that we we talk about each year so yeah and they really do sort of trigger some really good conversations so yeah, and I guess once, well, firstly, I think it's so interesting that you actually break it down into a structure, right? And you go, these are the different areas that reminds you to kind of check each of these different areas and then build an overall vision. Like, I think if you had to boil it all down to one little statement or something, it would be almost impossible. But if you go through each of those areas and even something really concrete like premises, I love that one because it's like, what is our vision for our premises? Like that starts to get your imagination yeah. going a little bit and all those other areas. Um, so that's really interesting. But I bet doing it the first year is the hardest. And yep. then it's each refining. year do you then yeah. look back at the previous <laughs> year and go, it's more of an adjustment and an updating, isn't it? Like you're not yeah. you're not starting yeah. with a clean slate every year and going, oh, vision, that last year's vision, that's totally out the window. <laughs> we have to start from scratch. It'd be kind of nice to kind of review it and go, actually now a year down the track, maybe it's not so much about this. Maybe it's a little bit more about that, you know? Yeah, definitely a refinement. Every year is a refinement. I mean, you've got to sort of keep growing, don't you? And, and growing wiser, which you definitely do year after year. And yeah, so I think it is, it's a refinement. So it is that first one was probably, yes, the hardest and working out what, what those sort of, you know, fundamentals were, what the sort of areas that you wanted to sort of create a vision around were. So yeah, it does yeah. get easier. I mean, I mean, can you remember what your marketing vision is? Because I think that's kind of an now, interesting Because I'm thinking, oh, what does a marketing vision or a brand vision brand kind vision. of sound like? Yeah, because it's just, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting. And not many people would think about necessarily having a vision for that because people tend to think about the, the end result or the outcome. Like maybe it's the type of project or it's the number of customers. And maybe that's an aspect of the vision. But mm -hmm. are there other sort of more middle, like halfway sort yep. of elements to that vision that sort of stick out? Definitely. Like I think it is uh, for us, it is about um, helping people find us. So there was a bit of a, I think I had a bit of a yeah. marketing epiphany a few years ago and I always thought um, marketing, well, I think all of us, you know, Bauer sort of thought marketing was, you know, maybe a little bit, maybe it was something that we didn't really understand and it was maybe was there an element of sleaziness about marketing that we just didn't get it. And then I, I think I had a bit of an epiphany at some point when I listened to some podcast or watched something, I can't remember, where um, I realised that marketing wasn't sleazy. It was actually just about, you know, you are out there to help people. And in our case, it's, you know, that real philosophy of helping people have a better life. And, you know, there's a whole lot of people out there that need your help, that need an architect, that need um, an architect and interior designer, as we are in our case. And, uh, it's about helping them find you. So it was definitely more of a transition from thinking about just blanket, get ourselves out there in the world to then sort of actually focusing on, okay, so, you know, our clients are out there. How are they, you know, most easily going to actually find us and connect to us and how are we then able to, you know, help them make their, make their lives better? Yeah. Yeah, and, and definitely, I mean, an impression I've always had of you is that, um, you don't pretend 
Yeah, I'm sorry. You don't tend to get kind of grossed out by marketing the way so many architects do. Like there is a lot of like really um, so- sometimes having discussions with architects around marketing is like playing a game of like operation or something. It's like you're yeah. trying to like really delicately like remove that uh, little piece and you don't. And yeah. You, yeah, no, and it's like. And and it's quite it can be kind of quite excruciating because there's so much discomfort around. But if I'm yes. doing that, is that too much? If I'm sponsoring that Instagram post, is like people are going to see that? Is that going to yeah blah blah blah? Like every little thing. If I put a button on my website, are people going to think that button is too desperate? Like there's this real ugh, squeamishness around doing any of it, and yep. it's a very widespread thing. But I've always found working uh, with you very refreshing because it's just kind of like, oh, no, cool. Like, that's good. That's useful. People will click on that. Like, you're always very much um, <laughs> kind of you don't you don't you don't get very like um, sort of squeamish around some of these things. Um, and, and they're not at the end of the day. It's just how we sort of look at them sometimes um, when we haven't done them before. But but is that I guess that's kind of part of it. You've got that that sort of mindset of like there are people looking for us. And we're, we're just trying to make it kind of easier for them and make exactly. them be more helpful to them and sort of just make the whole process just work a little easy bit for them. better, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And we want that to be easy for them, totally. You know, I think, Dave, that has been evolution as well. Like, I think, uh, you know, Sharon, myself and Jade, we were all kind of avoiding marketing for a really long time. Like, it was something that we didn't love. We all thought it was a bit squeamish and, and sleazy, but until we, we did have that realisation that it was actually about connecting um, people who need us um, to us. So, um, yeah, I think it's um, it's interesting, yeah, because I still have best friends that find it, yeah, marketing just yeah. something that they just can't stomach. <laughs> but I think it's it's also worth considering, like I try to be a bit easy on myself, um, you know, Instagram's a whole world, the website's a whole world. There's all these different channels and, and ways that you can get your um, your, I guess, your services out to somebody that might need your help. Um, and I'm sort of really prepared to make mistakes and sort of have some failures. And, you know, you were saying, yeah, like it's, um, it's good that we do just give things a try. Um, we do. We just give things a try. Like how else are you going to learn about anything? It's just it's a good thing, I think, to just put yourself out there, give something a try. And if it doesn't work, you can always stop doing it. Like it's not it's not yeah, um, the end of the world. Absolutely. And, and I think uh, it's sort of unique in that you can also pair that with just generally having a really nicely curated, uh, presentable, polished brand overall. Like sometimes it seems like those two things can be at odds where it's mm-hmm. like yeah. we have to really like think everything through before we do it because if we if anything is even slightly rough around the edges, that's gonna just uh, the sky's gonna fall down on our, you know, our brand. But but um yeah, like it, you don't sort of see trying something as in any way like lowering your standards or allowing sort of lower quality marketing to go. Like you know, it's like there's just this men- this this way of looking at this 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 mindset that is it just feels like much more healthy in terms of it is okay to just experiment, try something. If it doesn't work, you can always just undo it. You could change it. You could improve it. Like, you know, it's, it's kind exactly. of a very easygoing way of doing things. And, and you, from the clients that you guys get, like you, do you, you get the impression that they, I, I imagine value, like the stuff that you're putting this helpful, this helpful approach, I'm sure is, you yeah. know, is being valued quite a bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we try to in the, I guess the, the avenues where we do put out 
um, marketing. We do try to sort of make it something that people can learn from that, you know, mm. if they're potential clients or, or people even thinking about eventually using an architect in five, 10 years time, they are learning things about, you know, what can be good architecture or what can be a good process or, you know, what can hopefully make their lives better um, by sort of reading our posts or reading our blogs or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, and actually I was going to mention one thing just about those sort of making mistakes. I was going to say one of those things that you suggested, Dave, and like Dave's such a wealth of amazing ideas with this sort of thing, but we put a, like a contact us button on our website on just all the pages because, I mean, Dave's website, if anyone's seen it, it's got so many buttons. <laughs> so many buttons, um, too many buttons, so, yeah. Yeah, so we put a, we just tried it. Dave gave us the suggestion. We're like, oh, yeah, we'll try and put a contact us button on a few other pages. And we did it and we had this like, I'm not joking, like a 350% increase in the number of people <laughs> actually contacting us via clicks on our website. Like we were just like, yeah. what? This is amazing. Like you do just have to give things a try because you just never know. I was like, oh, that yep. might not work. But yes, it worked. It was like, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, I, I find that sometimes you have to, yeah, I have to be keen to give something a try and some things won't work and that's fine. You just do it. But also when you do try something, you should really give it a solid crack, you know, so you can find out at least whether it's really working or not. I, I think sometimes when uh, when we do try something, we maybe just dip our toe in the water and then you're just really unsure if it's even had any effect. At least with that, you made a pretty bold, brave decision. We're just going to put a big bloody blue button at the bottom of our <laughs> website on every single page and, you know, let's see what comes from it. And because yeah. it was a strong, it was a strong move, it, it made a major noticeable difference. Mm, Whereas if, yep. if you were so worried about that button, for example, that instead of being big and blue, it's going to be tiny and gray and it's going to sit way off down the site and you're going to reduce it down to nothing you're not even going to know if it even, you know, did anything. So it's always yeah. a good, like, uh, it, it's it's part of that mindset of being comfortable with doing this stuff is also that willingness to sort of do it enough that you actually can tell if it's working or not, which yeah. which some, yeah. sometimes like, you know, um, yeah, you, you seem to actually pick up really quickly on the things that you're doing, are they kind of having an impact or not? Mm -hmm. Whereas yeah. there's a lot of times in marketing like you, where you can get into a situation where you're not really sure if anything you're doing is making any difference. So yeah. I guess like looking bigger picture, I mean, how do you kind of look at your marketing, whether it, not, not just in terms of your website, but, you know, in terms of media, in terms of getting your projects out mm -hmm. there, in terms of Instagram, like what are signs of health for you? Like health. that, that yeah, things are working, that, that, you know, that it's working, that it's having the desired effect, I suppose. Cause you're not yeah. measuring, nobody's like measuring this stuff. Like, are we ever really pulling up Google analytics and putting in all these queries? It's more of a gut feel thing in terms of how things are tracking. So what are some of the things that you look for that you feel like those that, it, that it's working or having the desired effect? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I can give a, I think I can give an example. So um, I guess, you know, coming from that philosophy of, of marketing, helping people find us, I think recently we um, reached out to a great architectural writer that we know um, and we had an idea for an article and we sort of talked to her about that. She refined the idea a little bit more um, and it was definitely, it was about our project Coastal Court and um, mm. it was really sort of, I guess, honing in on the fact that that house was um, about uh, long-term living in retirement and, you know, making it a, a beautiful and um dignified and uh, elegant sort of 
house that really accommodated sort of ageing gracefully. And and we sort of, we pitched it to this writer and um, and she loved it and it ended up being, um, being published on a digital platform sort of nationally, which was really great. And that was, uh, I guess, a choice of ours because we knew that that particular platform was probably a way that, you know, when we've got busy clients of possibly that age. You can mention age. it, by the way. <laughs> you yeah, can, sorry, you mention mention... The, you can mention the name of the platform if you want to. Oh, yeah, so it was on the domain. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah exactly. So, <laughs> and um, on the sort of, which I think is the, you yeah. know, the age, you know, where it yeah. sort of spreads um, nationally. And we, we put that out there because we actually felt that, you know, a lot of our busy clients of that age, you know, they don't, look at a lot of media or may, they might not read so many articles, but on the weekend, they probably do read the newspaper, one newspaper. That's maybe what they've got time for. So let's just sort of make it easy for them to find us in that, in that sort of context. So, um, so, and I think it really, it really worked. We've got so many, you know, hits to our website and, you know, it went really, really well, that particular article. And then, you know, to see if it actually did work in terms of like finding, um, people finding us, when we chat to people on the phone for that first time, I do usually almost always ask how they heard about us and how they got in touch. So I was able, and we use a CRM, um, like a, you know, a customer relationship manager mm. to keep tabs on all the people that inquire um, so that I don't, you know, don't drop the ball and forget anything or, or not get in touch regularly. And I sort of keep a log of how they, how they have got in touch with us or how they heard about us. And that article has come up so many times since then. So I think that's measurable. You know, you can say, actually, that kind of did work. So yeah. that was a good thing to do. You can't do it all the time, it's, but, you know, it was a good thing to do. So It's pretty amazing that something like that would have, a single article could have such a big mm. impact, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes yeah. things like that just completely almost blow everything else you're doing out of the water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really all did. All it takes is that yeah. one article. But it was yeah. a great it was a great example because you it so for, for listeners that aren't familiar, domain is a it's a big kind of I guess you could like a real estate website, real estate and property news primarily, right? Um, yep. and it's a you know a place like sort of like Zillow where you can go on there and look at prices of houses and things like that. But they they have an enormous enormous reach, a really, really big presence. And normally they wouldn't just publish architecture just for the sake of publishing architecture, right? There had to be there had to be a, a more unique story and a more unique angle. And so th that was something that you guys kind of realized and looked at the project and thought about it more from a sort of retirement story and living and an age sort of thing. Is that and yeah. I guess that kind of leads me into another area, um, which is, I guess, thinking about the types of clients that you work with. And you mentioned earlier that our clients are coming to us in need of help because something has changed in their life. <laughs> and mm -hmm. yeah. that's like a really interesting <laughs> theme to pick up on because, yeah. you know, you don't usually just wake up on a, you know, a Friday morning and decide, you know what, I think I need a new house. Um, yeah. There's often a catalyst. So there's often a stage in life that people, you know, tend to, um, pursue a new residential project or whatever. So do you, I'd love to go get a sense of who these bow clients are and like this sort of typical stage that you often find that they're at. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, um, that is interesting. And I think, you know, I think that was also probably something that came from working with a business coach, you know, really he loves to sort of sort of know, well, who are your clients? And you'd be like, oh, you know, we get a whole range of different types of people. But but when you actually start thinking about it and really sort of going a bit deeper, you do sort of realise that there are some 
some fundamentals. And I think, yeah, just recognising that people are coming to us because there is a, a change going on. So we've sort of found that there's a few different groups that we feel that we do a good job helping those particular clients. So the first one, I suppose, is is often families. Like, and I think we hear from a lot of people um, when they have maybe just simply run out of space and they've got, you know, this many kids, they've got, they've got like five kids and they've got two bedrooms and it's just freaking crazy and they can't, they can't manage. So, um, they are definitely, you know, shifting to a different stage of family life is another one. Like, you know, their kids are sort of getting older and they need to have more space to themselves, whatever it might be, but there's a change going on and they really need some help sort of navigating that in an architectural sense. So, um, so I think that's one of them. Uh, the other one that we love and, um, I guess there's reasons we love these. You know, Shema's got a lovely family of five and, you know, families are um, super cool for because she comes from an understanding of, you know, the different stages of family life. And then the other people that we often find we're helping are single people um, or couples without kids, and I've sort of fallen into that category. Um, and so I feel quite passionately about helping these people. And it could be a couple without kids that, you know, maybe just have never taken the time to sort of honour themselves with their own home, but they've actually had that realisation or they've experienced that change where they're like, hang on a tick, we should be honouring our lives. We've got a, you know, a beautiful, beautiful life. And that might be in a couple or a single person. I've got a beautiful life as a single person. Let's honour that and just create something that's really meant for me. Um, so that's another one. And yeah, as I said, I sort of really resonate with that being a, um, a person in a, in a couple without kids. And then, yeah, the other one, I think that we're finding we sort of generally um, help a lot are sort of couples that are slightly older and that are really interested in rather than thinking about themselves going from the family house to a downsizer apartment or or going straight into some sort of assisted living, they like the idea of creating a home that they can stay in for a really long time. Hopefully, you know, till they, you know, get wheeled out, as one of, <laughs> one of our clients <laughs> said. Um, so making it just a really easy, lovely, sustainable place for them to live long term. And, you know, and there's so many elements to that, like, you know, making it work uh, really sustainably so they don't have to spend a lot of money on on utilities. And, you know, they're really, and they're often really passionate about that. We find that age group are really into that. Um, and then also, yeah, just that mobility thing that they can, mobility and ergonomics and make it really um, fabulous for them to move around and to use. And, you know, and there's real opportunities in the architecture for a, for an older couple without kids in the home um, to make it a really special place for them too. So, yeah, and so that's, I think they're the sort of yeah. people that we find that we work with quite a lot. And, yeah, country houses and beach houses for any of those people, uh, something that we yeah. do quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. So you've got those sort of three customer personas, right, and um, it's, it's interesting because... Some some practices and some directors are kind of reluctant to kind of narrow down because there's a sense of, um, well, maybe it's a bit limiting. I don't just want to be doing houses for this type of person or, or whatever. But I think there's something really genius about having more than one of those personas, having maybe three or four personas. Mm -hmm. It's a lot better than having no personas, right, <laughs> in terms of <laughs> it's a hell of a yeah. lot better to go there are three 0.5, you know, because we're also thinking coastal and rural kind of uh, as well. But mm -hmm. like there is sort of a little, there's a little bit of a core group that is 
it, that that must be so helpful to have that just in terms of anchoring what you're what you'd end up choosing to do and don't do and kind of how you do it like whether yes. you're working on the text for your website whether you're thinking about what to put on your blog whether you're planning out what's going to go on your social media like having at least a, a sort of a an approximate idea of who your typical clients are and and having that quite set in stone must make that whole process a lot more easy in terms of you know who am I talking to it's definitely helpful, uh, but it also just makes us really happy. I think when we sort of worked yeah. out that these are the people that um, maybe need our help, I think that made us really happy. And, and delivering a project for any one of these people makes us really happy. So I think it's that also, it's that genuine um, care and love that comes into it. So, um, yeah, I think it, it certainly does make it easy because we are almost are imagining, you know, talking to a client like one of our previous clients when we're when we're sort of talking it about it in our marketing sense um, and we often actually use our clients experience in fact almost all of our posts and, and marketing is really talking about our clients experience um, of their home and the journey because that's for us that's where the the joy comes from a really somebody that just loves living where they live um, you know their their bower house and and they've had a great experience working with us that's that's the happy moment for us you know that they've they've got this outcome that's really made them happy. So, yeah, I, I think, I think still pro you're probably the only practice where like the, the photography for coastal court with those clients mm -hmm. is the best photography of a client. I think Supermodel I've ever clients. seen. Yeah. They actually <laughs> look like you hired them from central casting to be these ex like oh, these, these sort of retired beautiful. couple that I'm extremely <laughs> jealous of and they look like they have the most amazing <laughs> life. Um, it's it's like almost too good to be true how good their life looks in the, in, the, in that photography. Um, oh, and nice. that wasn't yeah. something that like a magazine kind of commissioned. It's like you guys had that idea of mm -hmm. let's, let's like photograph our clients like in the space, not just being like a blurry like ghost walking through the kitchen, but like actually you know sitting in their chair kind of being like occupying their own house <laughs> like yeah it's it and some at the end of the day it's kind of surprising how you that that is unique you know and that you it don't really surprising. see that you don't yeah. see that very often because that's what people are dreaming of you know if, if they're dreaming of doing a new house project you know they're dreaming of um being in the comfortable chair looking out on their garden appreciating the view that might have been created or the sunlight the shadows the shade you know whatever it might be that moment is absolutely probably one of the reasons why they're doing it so i think showing that and capturing that just makes sense to us like that's um yeah no they are nice photos it's it, some clients don't want to do that though, Dave. They're kind of like, no, I don't want to be in the photos. You've got some, yeah, um, they're all always going to those kind of more <laughs> reclusive clients. We try to encourage them. They're, that, all, yeah. Yeah, they're all, all fabulous. We'll hopefully but, get a few more in there. Yeah. But like maybe at first that's a difficult sell, you know, um, when clients are coming to you not anticipating that there's going to be like an element of that. But as you as the, as the your clients start to appear more and more throughout your social media, throughout your website, and then the new clients that are coming to you are probably not going to be that shocked when oh, you have that conversation with them, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's I'm a good point. Be, I, I you know, so maybe it starts it. to, 
<laughs> maybe they start to expect it or maybe they even want it. <laughs> maybe, maybe they, they come, do. <laughs> maybe they come to you for the um, celebrity, you know, the 15 minutes of fame, but that's fine. Yeah, I don't um, think that's happened. They're not generally fame seekers. No, I don't think so. I don't get that impression. But um, And it's not just the photography included in the project photography as well, but you guys have also put some, you've, you've produced some like videos, some interviews, like maybe, maybe talk a little bit about those in terms of um, yeah, yeah. kind of those that have gone on your website that you've used on social media and stuff like that? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm lucky because my husband, Alexander, is a filmmaker. So um, he helps us with our videos. And yeah, it's actually been um, something that was triggered again by Ray, the business coach, saying videos are really powerful. And I think, you know, we were um, a bit hesitant to do it, but once we sort of got onto it and sort of realised how powerful they could be, we're definitely um, converts to doing videos when we can. When we can. So, and again, our sort of focus on the videos is on the architecture, but also on the client. So it's they're definitely um, they're not so much about our, um, I guess, the architectural sort of. Uh, it's definitely more focused on sort of what the client's experience of their home is and the journey that they had with us. So, yeah, and most of them are really happy to talk about their homes and they're really happy to talk about the the experience they had with us. And we find that um, really powerful, I think, for potential clients. You know, they often say, oh, we've looked at all your videos, we really enjoyed them. Um, And I think, you know, just sort of seeing other people at the end of the journey of creating a home really gives people assurance that it's, you know, that it's possible that it's going to happen, that, you know, it's going to be something that they're going to love at the end of the day. So, yeah, I think it's um, been a strong addition for sure. Uh, But I think we will maybe in the future. I mean, our videos so far, we haven't featured us so much, but I think Mm. we might talk a little bit more about the actual architecture a little bit more because people are genuinely really interested in that also. So I think the next one, there might be a bit more, you know, bower faces as well as the client because I think there's there's always a couple of, you know, elements to sort of the, um, the of what people might be interested in hearing about the project. Yeah, like that's actually an interesting point. You really don't see that much of you guys in your marketing really um or on your social media it doesn't really revolve around you too much right um it, it the the majority of people that i see on your website are clients i don't i, I see more clients than i <laughs> yeah. see architects which is kind we should of try and change that though i think i think it is nice for people to know uh, it's kind of on brand though isn't it <laughs> a little bit but i, I think we will it's a bit of a case of you know two years in um in lockdown <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we haven't had too many photos. The other yeah. thing is we had some photos years ago, but Shema and I have both um, had breast cancer journeys. And so we look yeah. really, really different to what those yeah. photos yeah. were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and since I'm on air and since we're um, talking about it, I, I do like to do a little bit of a, um, a plug for, for breast cancer awareness. And it is breast cancer awareness month globally um, right now. So I'll just sort of throw that in that please check your breasts. Yes. We've got some guides on our website and things like that, that will hopefully direct you to the right place to the BCNA. Um, they've got a great guide to checking your breasts and, and do it regularly. So I'll just throw that in there. <laughs> right. That was a very slick plug. I like it. Oh yeah. No, um, I just, I, any, any opportunity. <laughs> throw it in. So, 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 um, I guess coming coming back to then maybe, you know, featuring you guys or, or, or being more of that presence because it's interesting. It's an area of, you know, something new that you're sort of in the process and working through it mentally in terms of, you know, maybe the next film sort of maybe. And you, and you actually said talk not about the architects but talk about the architecture, which is kind of an interesting 
sort of new thing? Because maybe do you feel that maybe to this point you haven't been talking about the architecture so much? Or I guess what, what what's I think kind we, of behind I think that? We thought? do. We we tend to talk about the architecture in our posts, like what um what we're doing. Like if we're showing an image of a particular element of the building or, or the interiors, we'll talk about, you know, what the intent was behind whatever's represented. Um but I think, yeah, from a point of view of us being um in front of the camera, yeah, we haven't done a lot of that before. And I think we could do more. So um, this is a bold new step being on your podcast, Dave. So the next step <laughs> might be, you know, actually seeing us as well as actually <laughs> hearing us. <laughs> well, that's you certainly have managed to still get a lot of that personality out there, it, even just through your writing, right? Even if the video is not there, there's still a sense that there's real people behind the brand. Um, and that's also quite difficult to pull off and quite quite hard to manage and a lot of people struggle with that as well I guess finding that that personal voice or that sort of you know having our website text kind of be the way we are and sound is 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 very challenging but um you you seem to that seems to come quite naturally to you um I've noticed does I guess like when you're when you're sitting sitting down to create something that's going to go out to clients or go out on your email list or whatever is there anything in particular that you think about to try and get yourself into the right space to kind of write in that sort of very direct and like to the client sort of way? Like, do you have any mental games that you you play on yourself to make that possible? I think, yeah, there's always that mental game. Of, is what I'm writing, is what I'm writing actually helping them or is it, or is it actually just know blowing my own horn or is it like you know I think it's always like is this going to help somebody when I'm writing I think that's that's important the other thing I often do is just imagine myself talking to a friend about the topic and I just kind of try and write how I talk I suppose because it's um I feel like that's a bit more from the heart and then it's also yeah just sort of I guess using words that sort of resonate with sort of the the values that we honor like you know words around longevity and sustainability and um timelessness and quality and um you know an enjoyable journey just those sort of those elements um you know I try and sort of maybe just think about those a little bit while I'm writing and and sort of convey those values through the words I use yeah that's actually such a good point um there's a little bit of a, a healthy amount of repetition that I, I notice. Like oh, really? there are these, yeah, yeah there, <laughs> there are these kind of, well, no, it's, it's, it's about what makes it feel like a, like recently, for example, you know, in your social media, you've started talking about like a Bauer home and actually starting to take that word on as a, as a kind of more of a brand idea or Bauer having, it's not just an architecture practice, but it's more of um it's more of a brand that, it makes that how more special or more unique in a way. Right. But there's that sort of thing that you, that you do, but also, you know, using those key brand words and making sure that you're not forgetting to, you're keeping those in at the top of your mind. Right. And what I've noticed that what happens when it, when a, when a practice does that is that the message tends to sink in a lot better when, I notice it a few more times and used in a few yeah, more places. Interesting. Yeah. And I can imagine that sometimes when you're when you're creating stuff that way, it might feel like maybe 
maybe I'm, am I saying the same thing I've sort of said before? And I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth, I guess, but I'm, I'm assuming that occasionally that thought crosses your mind. Yeah, but, it does. But I, yeah, I just interested in your thoughts on that, I suppose, that idea of how we reinforce this idea of like what the company is and, and we, the fact that we have to kind of keep on exploring the same or similar kinds of messages to, um, really, to really make it solid, you know? I think that really, I mean, I think it does help anyone to sort of have, if, have a bit of repetition potentially. Uh, hopefully it's not a boring repetition. <laughs> no, that's maybe the wrong choice but of yeah, word. Um, but yeah. it, it's, I mean, I guess it's sort of maybe the more the fundamentals of our philosophy that, you know, um, that come through. And I think, uh, yes, I think we, you know, we, we've got sort of some elements that are important to us and like people and their stories are sort of part of that. So we often, you know, if we're telling a, a story about a particular client that maybe, um, that's really key to how we've responded to them in their in their home. That we will potentially repeat that because that yeah. is where the architecture came from. Um, and journeys and moments we talk about a lot. And I think you know, yeah. um, big picture. I think you know the um, our experiences in life, like everything, you know, it's it's about the journey. It's not the destination. And it's a, a journey of creating the architecture, but it's also journeys and moments in your home itself. So there's macro and micro journeys and we talk a bit about, you know, a lot about that um, in our, in the way we sort of talk about our, our work. And then, yeah, the, uh, like context, connection to place, space, the people around the building, I think that's um, something we talk about quite a lot. We don't think of ourselves as creating sort of spaceship architecture. We like to be, you know, very sensitive to the, the context and the community around, um, around our architecture and yeah and then obviously obviously I mean it's not maybe obviously but that sustainability and timeless angle sort of creating minimal impact sort of with what we do and you know how it performs in the future so yeah I think all those things are sort of things that we do tend to repeat over and over again because they're they're you know part of what we do so I think it's about as much it's one thing that's really amazing about that is that you've got this kind of thought out sort of set of ideas and values and, and, and things that are kind of, firstly, you're, you're keeping track of all of them in a way, like they've been considered, they've been thought through and then thought about and discussed to the point where you've created this almost sort of solid set of things that are, are part of our, you know, like if this was a big corporate marketing strategy, it would be like, this is our brand Bible. These are the things that we kind of like to talk about. And that would be very much reinforced and, and every piece of marketing collateral, you would review it and go, is it talking about that brand stuff that's there but you don't often see that in 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 small practice so i think it's another one of those like sort of unique things where it's remembering to do that because so often you know it'll be like you're sitting down to write an instagram post you go so excited that we've broken ground at smith street house amazing hashtag architecture like <laughs> that you know <laughs> and you go cool that's right i've done my job i've i've written my caption like cool job job's done right but but I think like one thing that you guys always do is kind of go, um, yeah, con concrete's in and awesome conversation with client about this and then journey and then micro yeah. moment. Like it's, it's yeah. always yeah. remembering to, you know, hook it into that brand messaging stuff, which, yeah. um, yeah, I think yeah it's I, really yeah, interesting. I, it, it's funny that, you know, when you're saying that, like I, I probably don't think about, you know, hooking it into a brand kind of thing, but it's definitely that sort of, um, philosophy of, you know, um, what's, fun about this for the client. Like, you know, we had a funny post, I think last week, um, one of our great builders, builders 
got the client to just help them a little bit on site and I took a video of it and I posted it because, you know, the client loved it. They were sort of involved with sort of putting up a bit of a wall and, you know, it was great. And, you know, that was an exciting moment for the client. So I'm kind of more thinking, oh, is this, yeah, this is a, this is a great little moment for our clients. So let's put it on social media because that's, that's fun. They're, um, they're going to be proud yeah. of that. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I know it isn't, it isn't like, it's, it's not something that's necessarily a, um, like a, a strategy that you've concocted, like this will be our social media plan kind of thing, but it's just something that's become a habit, I think, right? Yeah, like it's, so. it's more of that's our, that's our habit. That's how we kind of talk to our audience. But I think it's informative for other, for other practices because, you know, um, I always get, I always get this question or, or everybody kind of comes out saying, uh, you know, I really need help figuring out our message or our messaging. And it's this big conundrum that a lot of architects really, 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 really struggle with. Um, but, but I think in, in hearing you talk about it, maybe it is just, there are some helpful tips in there or insights in terms of what are those values and think about, you know, how you can use them, I suppose. I mean, is there any, is there any more to it in terms of um, maybe uh, other ways that they might be able to look at it or, or any tips that you could share on, I guess, th that tough thing yeah. of figuring out the message, you know? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, and it's interesting, like I think Shema and I both having this cancer journey, you do sort of you think about life slightly differently after that. You do mm. really sort of think about what's important in life and both of us, um, you know, after that experience, I think, you know, we really sort of hone in on, you know, what, is important to us and for us it was recognizing you know yeah we've got got a set of skills um, that we're good at and that we love and you know how is that going to actually help people and how can we um, you know helping people was actually something that we realized was the thing that at the fundamental helping people have a better life was yeah. actually the fundamental behind what we were doing and and what made us happy so you know it was sort of I guess that realization that um, you know, in order to have a happy life for us, it's going to be helping people have a better life. So, um, and using architecture as our set of gifts or our set of skills to actually do that to the best that we can. Mm. And once you've sort of got that philosophy um, and you, you start to think about what makes you happy and what think, you know, what, um, what it is that I guess is a bit of a purpose in your life, then you can, you know, from that, everything becomes quite simple because that's what mm. you're sort of tying things back to. So, yeah, <laughs> I hope I haven't gone too deep and philosophical on it. No, yeah, no, that's, that's the perfect um, amount of deep and philosophical. Yeah. And I think it's always good to end a podcast on a deep and philosophical point as well. So, Anna, oh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing being an open book about Bowers Marketing and, and business and philosophy. I really appreciate it. I think people really love, you know, listening to it. Thanks, Dave. Gorgeous. <laughs> Well, that was my conversation with Anna Dutton from Bauer Architecture. If you'd like to learn more about Bauer, you can visit bauerarchitecture.com.au or follow them on Instagram at Bauer Architecture. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please make sure to subscribe and follow to hear a new episode every other week. When you subscribe, it helps other architects to find the show and benefit from these conversations. So I really appreciate it when you subscribe in your podcast app. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you can also leave us a five-star review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash Dave, pick your podcast app and leave me a nice review to tell me what you enjoy about the podcast. And finally, if you'd like to learn more about me, Dave Sharp, you can visit vanityprojects.com 
check out my blog, join over 5,000 other architects on my email list, or learn more about my marketing coaching services and book a 30-minute consultation to discuss your situation. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time.